Hello out there, hockey fans. We are on the air. It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. I am co-host Tom, and uh, we've got a pretty special little episode for you today. It's the playoff special. We're calling it the Saturday Night Special. It's going to be a bit of a 50 fit. We're doing a Saturday night 50-50. Uh, we're going to record a bit of the episode here before the big hockey game tonight between Montreal and Winnipeg, and then we're going to give you a, pre- a post-game recap uh, and you won't even notice the difference. It'll be so seamless. But let's get things started with the. We'll get the party started with the dudes. This is a song called Saturday Night. When the ants started and the kids started scaring of the stands. I'll be at five, 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 saddle don't rise. And it's hero hockey fans. We got five up in the first hockey Red on my tea is all red on my sea is all red. 
All right. Welcome back. That was The Dudes with a little song called Saturday Night. And this is our uh, Talking Hockey, the to- Hockey Talking Show Saturday Night Special. We're doing the Saturday Night 50-50. Get your tickets here. I'm co-host Tom, and I've got with me, as always, co-host Randy. And, uh, yeah, he's up there just selling 50-50 tickets. Took the skates off today and can be seen, you know, marching up and down the stairs in the stands and uh, hawking 50-50s. How's the sales going today, bud? Doing great. Actually, I was just thinking that filling in the song titles for this episode on the UMFM website is going to be super easy because I can just (laughs) copy-paste three times. (laughs) Copy-paste, copy-paste, copy-paste. That's right. Listeners, we will be playing a few songs today on the show, and uh, all of them are going to be called Saturday Night, because that's just the way she goes. Even though Um, it's Friday, but hey. It is Friday when we're recording. The episode comes out on Saturday, and Saturday is just, it's hockey night, right? Like, Saturday is, I I believe the saying that the uh, young fellers say is Saturdays are for the boys, right? Yeah. They say AFTB, and that is the name of a beer league team that we played, and beat handily uh i'm pretty sure we beat them and uh you know don't correct me if i'm wrong so (laughs) (laughs) and don't check the website (laughs) (laughs) exactly so on today's show uh no guest actually it's just going to be co-host randy and myself um i hope you've enjoyed the the recent um you know parade of guests that we've had um it's been a lot of fun bringing those to you And uh, we've got more in the books, but we thought we need to talk hockey uh, right away here. So talk some playoff hockey. I have a a question that has just come to mind for for the viewers at home. Um, And if there are people listening to our show, please let us know in any form of our social media contact forms or inboxes. Would you be interested in listening and being, a, or not being a part of, but listening to a live talking hockey show sometime? Mm. So shoot us a message on Instagram or Twitter or, or Gmail, talkinghockeypod at gmail.com. Is that what it is? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, somehow, or, you know, yeah, yeah. Leave a letter on our doorstep. Um, just, yeah. Would you ever want to listen to a live talking hockey? Um, obviously virtually it'd be done, you know, via YouTube or one of those platforms, but Hey, if we're doing something different here, um, yeah. we're going to, we're going to return to the, the whole guest style show too, is, uh, shortly, but Hey, we're doing something a little bit different today. Yeah. And you know what, while you're letting us know that if you're into the idea of a live episode, excuse me, um, let us know who you, which guests, uh, out there you would like to see, you know, we've had really been kind of covering the the rock and roll and music world. We've had um, guests ranging, you know, from uh, Dave Bedini, Grant Lawrence, Eric Melvin, Chris number two, the Zambonis, like the list goes on and on. And um, I know uh, on social media there, somebody uh, said, Hey, we should get Jim Cuddy and last week's guests, um, uh john gallant from billy talent he's he, well he plays on a team a beer league team with jim cuddy that's pretty cool and you know peter mansbridge he's he's a big uh talking hockey the hockey talking show fan and um believe me the irons are in the fire to get old mansbridge on the show so you know that's um that's what's going on right now but look later in the show today we're going to be doing 
what we're going to call the last call. And we'll be recording that post hockey game. It's game two versus Winnipeg and Montreal tonight. So we're going to come back and give a little post game recap. And we're calling that segment the last call. But before we ever get there, we got to do a couple things, Randy. We got to talk about the Shifley suspension because everybody's talking about that. Where would, you know, we can't not talk about it. And we got to talk about a local legend and a vintage hockey hair player. A couple old segments. We're pulling, pulling back out of the hat and uh, having a go at it. So, Randy, I'm going to pose the question to you. Uh, what, uh, what do you think, what do you make of the whole Shifley suspension? I guess that's a loaded question because you can go in any direction with that. Well, I'm going to go the direction of him being suspended for four games. Um, I kind of thought he was going to get suspended. Well, I thought he was going to get suspended for sure. I was thinking one or two games. I did not think four. So four was a bit of a surprise. Um, You know, uh, all that being said, uh, you know, it's, is it too much? I don't know. Maybe is it because I think we're now transitioning to a new, like they're trying to set a standard. They're trying to, you know, set a new, you know, standard for suspensions for this kind of hit going forward. Uh, yeah, I know you try and com- compare it to plays in the past or or other players. You know, Ryan Reeves, who's got a you know prior suspensions and did something again. These playoffs only got suspended for two games. Tom Wilson wasn't suspended. You have all these different scenarios that you try and compare to, but it just seems like they the NHL or you know, the Department of Player Safety treated this one separately as a way to, I guess, like I said, set set, set a new standard. Um, four games, it's going to be tough. Um, I think my 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 perspective of it is like, there's nothing you can do about it now. You can't change the ruling. Shifley's not even going to appeal it, and he said for the reason of he not being a distraction. Um, you know, you have to think, uh, in general, like those plays happen in such like, um, in such quick succession, you know, you, you see thousands of people on social media going through the thing frame by frame. Um, and that's easy to do right now, but you weren't trying to defend your net from a goal when you guys were on a, when your team was on a power play and you had a chance to, to seriously tie it up. So those there's like, you know, it's until it maybe turns into a scenario that kind of happens more and more that more guys start getting suspended for this many games, it'll then be kind of ingrained in, in, in their minds. And they'll be thinking about that in, you know, in situations like that. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it's just kind of like, we're now moving forward into a new, new era of the NHL of, of, I guess, protecting players from hits like this. Yeah. I guess like it or not, that's the direction it's going. Hey, like you can, you can talk all you want about old time hockey and physical playoff hockey, but I guess the reality is, and it's been happening for, you know, some years now, uh, the NHL's moving away from that and i'll just I think in the red- i'll just i'll just add one more thing and then you can yeah. give your time. oh yeah sure sorry but, sorry yeah. but the 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 last thing i want to add is like 
you can really see how toxic the whole hockey social media um, oh God. um I get whatever you want to call it like yeah. audience you can really see how toxic um it is when things like this happen um you know people uh you know if they disagree with you they can't just say you know i'm happy that you know that's your opinion and here's mine they have to be little people or they have to call them out or it's got to turn negative um and that's that's just like a microcosm of social media at large you know you know it it happens in situations with black lives matter or you know you know and and hockey is just a game too so it just it just it's so sad to see that things have to get turned turned so nasty when it's just a game um it's hockey you know everyone loves hockey it's great but you know you have to understand that we're all human beings and we got to treat each other fairly um and you know that's off of that off of that perfectly level-headed and reasonable statement that you just made there i'm gonna say like based on the events of the last 48 hours and what i've seen on the internet and i've never said this in my life before but like fuck the habs (laughs) you know i mean come on just the the is a it's a little little the reactions are a little ridiculous but uh you know like i think so when you touched on Ryan Reeves's incident there and the Tom Wilson and all that kind of stuff, I think that you look like my trouble is I, I see those plays as not hockey plays. Those are like intent to injure, like just like violent, like goonery type plays. Whereas the Shifley issue, the Shifley hit here that was, it was deemed an illegal check and he's now suspended for it. So that, What are you going to do? Argue that? No, but at least it was kind of a hockey play, you know, like, and, and then for, for Reeves to only get a two game suspension, you know, for essentially, you know, ripping the helmet off a guy and, you know, smashing his head to the ice kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, And he gets two games for that. And that's got nothing to do with hockey at all. Whereas also also with prior suspensions too. Like, yeah. yeah, With the history that he's got. Yeah. You know, and and then so Shifley for him to get four games for a body check that was problematic. We can just leave it at that. You know what I mean? Like you can see both sides of that that argument in in that, like the hit might have been unnecessary. But at the same time, like um, I think he had. You know, he didn't have like malicious intentions going in. He's going in to just like. Uh, rock a guy who's trying to score on his net on his empty net you know if there's a goalie in the net and that guy tries to wrap around and Shifley comes in and rocks him I don't think we're having this discussion you know what I mean but it's an empty net so it's like oh well he's gonna get the goal and whatever but like it was very bang bang instantaneous between the puck going in and him getting hit so he can't say the hit was late I don't think but whatever so I guess um yeah like just going back to the, the, the like hockey play versus non-hockey play. Uh, like I think George Peros, director of player safety, right. Um, he's the guy who kind of makes the calls on suspensions and whatnot. And he got flack for the lack of suspension on the Tom Wilson smashing Artemi Panarin around kind of thing or Buchnevich and then 
Panarin. You know, and that was like a that was like a a post whistle scrum that got nasty, and you know the part on Buchnevich I thought was nastier than what happened with Panarin because Panarin kind of came in and grabbed him, and Wilson just turned around and then like it's like, well, what is he going to do? Like ask him for his ID before he wants to dance or whatever, you know? <laughs> like so, but the Buchnevich he was laying on the ice pretty much defenseless and, and Wilson clobbered him. And then Wilson uh, Reeves's was pretty similar. And then for them to only get two games or a $5,000 fine. And then, you know, Shifley gets the four. It's, it's a little bewildering to me, but I think what it is, is that Peros got so much flack from the Rangers with their open letter that they wrote and every, and the, the, the reaction of hockey fans and whatnot, that it just like, he's kind of just handing out suspensions left and right now, you know, it doesn't really uh, like, like with Kadri, I get that one. He got eight games. He's a repeat offender. It was a dangerous blindside hit to the head. Yeah. So eight games. I can, I can, I can understand that because he's had multiple multi-game suspensions before. In the playoffs too. In the play, yeah. yeah. So, but I have a hard time understanding the Shifley one. But he's not. I also fully agree with you in that it's time for the Jets, and I pro. I bet you they probably have put it behind them because you can't fight it. You know, you're fighting an uphill battle if you try to like, you know, complain to the refs or you whatever. Like, just go. What they have to do now is go out and play their game. They've had adversity all season long the last couple seasons and they just need to, you know, every, every player has got to kind of step it up a little bit, play their role. And it'll be interesting if Statsny's not able to go, who do they put in at center there? But um, that's a whole nother story, but. And it's you know, like not that they were foreseeing suspensions, but they were seeing injuries and stuff like that. Like this is the whole reason why they brought in a Pierre-Luc Dubois is to have more depth at center. You now have someone that can jump up and play that number one center spot. Whereas, yeah, I guess Stasny could do it, but he's more suited for number two. You know, Lowry, Cop, and 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 uh, Thompson are all good for you centering lines on the you know third and fourth you know lines or whatever. But um, you know, they're they're now they're now uh, pretty pretty solid down the middle. And I guess the one thing, you know, from, from, you know, going forward, um, if there's more scenarios like this, I guess you got, you just hope that the league is going to be, or not the league, whatever you want to call them, department of player safety. You just hope that they're going to be consistent. Now you don't want to, you don't want to see a hit like this. And, you know, maybe, you know, Nathan McKinnon, like just catches someone on the trolley tracks, same way. Um, and, gets $5,000 or, or, you yeah. know, or, you know, so you, if, if this isn't the new standard, then they, hopefully they stick with it. Whereas, you know, if you think of all the other times with hits like this and also goaltender interference, how it just, how the, the, the rulings are always just so gray. Hopefully uh, now this every time. Yeah. Hopefully it's like a sliding is, scale. Yeah. So you hopefully don't know what's going to, it's consistent now. So We'll only yeah we'll yeah see. if they're gonna I bet you there's gonna this. be a hit I bet you there's gonna be a hit this weekend that's gonna be controversial and you know we'll see yeah part of what is um in the last forty eight hours I've like 
you try I, I haven't looked at a lot of sports media because it's all the same thing and i'm just like i can't wait until this uh news cycle flips over and there's like a new dirty hit to talk about because <laughs> it's just really uh you know it's the same old same old and it's I think that I've been reading less opinion pieces on sports lately and more just like recaps of games and stuff, which is what I used to do too. But like, you know, cause it's, it's, a, it's a little bit infuriating. You're supposed to read this professional writer. Who's just like such a, I don't know, Homer or whatever, yeah, like or a I, child, a child yeah. at times. Actually, if you think back to when we first started this show, what, what would you always say about us? Oh yeah, we're a, yeah. Well, I don't remember what the words, but we're just a couple dudes who like, to, you know, play hockey, talk hockey, or play hockey, watch hockey, and talk hockey. We're not insiders. We're not experts. I forget. Expert. Expert. Yeah, we're not experts. We're not insiders. We're just a couple dudes who like to watch hockey, play hockey, and talk hockey. So yeah. and- there you have it. There's the the talking hockey. Um, Shifley suspension incident on the Saturday night special 50 50 edition. Get your tickets. Uh, actually, I was just gonna say, uh, the Shifley suspension also taught me how many hockey experts there are out there. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot, yeah, there's a lot, and I love the what I love the comeback on. And by uh, saying love, I'm like, okay, this is obviously sarcastic, but I love the internet comeback for when you're looking at a, a post and somebody says their opinion and the retort is you've obviously never played hockey before or what, you know, yeah. how many games have you actually watched or something? Yeah. 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 It's like, okay, buddy. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm sure we regardless of if you have played at hockey or not, it doesn't make you uh, smarter or dumber or have a better view on what happened. Like, Anyway, but look, we play hockey, so our opinions are valid. I'll tell you that we haven't played hockey in a long time. You, you've been hitting the outdoor, and by that I mean rollerblading, stick handling, working on your sauce passes, your training. It never stops daily, Randy. My training has stopped. It hasn't. It hasn't happened since I don't know March or whenever the last time I was out on an outdoor ice rink there, but. How's that going for you? The whole uh, well, actually, rollerblade hockey. Uh, our our teammates uh, Eric and Vince and Eric's boy there, Mattis. We had a we had a Saturday thing going on. We called ourselves the Roller Rippers, and we were going to Borkvale every Saturday at nine in the morning, running some drills. But you know, uh, old uh, public health measures, you know, came yeah. in came into play, and we can't do that right now. But I know Vince is still. Skating around over there at the Bronx or no, what's it called again? The Orioles, um, there on just off St. Matthews. I know mm-hmm. Eric is still going skating with with Mattis at Borkvale, um, and yeah, I've I've been going to actually Churchill High School has a their track is nice and smooth, so I've been going there. Um, nice, just a good way to start your day when you know you got to just sit inside and you know. Yeah. Live in COVID times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, that is a nice track over there. I uh, I saw recently, I saw somebody on it with a longboard. And oh, yeah. instead of like pushing with their foot, 
they had like a stick that was like a canoe paddle type thing oh, and they were like paddling yeah what's that like a stand-up paddleboard yeah it was like yeah. they were but like it was like this long like a longboard and then they just paddled it around the track i thought that was interesting um anyway so randy i hear that you've got a local legend for us today totally you know and and we're going to dust off this segment. It's been probably months since we've done a local legend. And actually this guy has been featured before, but he just got into the lineup. You, you got to think like, you know, there's a bunch of guys on these teams. They're either healthy scratches or they are on the black aces. And every single day, if they, <clears throat> you know, if they're not in the lineup, the way the coaching staff, like after the actual, the real practice ends and you know, the drills that they run or the plays, the power play, the PK that they run, then the the you know the healthy scratches and and the uh, black aces uh, get skated qu- quite hard because you know they got to be ready to step in uh, you know with injuries or suspensions or whatever could come up. So this guy actually just got into the lineup yesterday for the Carolina Hurricanes, and it's our uh, good friend of the show. Not that he even knows that we exist, but hey, maybe one day he'll be on the show. But Morgan, well, we can get him on the show for sure. Morgan Geeky from uh, Strathclair, Manitoba. Just uh, like I said, th- I think we featured him during season two of, of Talking Hockey. Um, Strathclair for geography trivia fans. Would that be West Man, if you will? Yeah, it's very close to the border of Saskatchewan, like maybe right. half an hour, 45 minutes from there. I actually had a soccer tournament there in high school once. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, Morgan got into the lineup last night with the Carolina Hurricanes. They're up against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. That's a tough series. They did win yes last night, so I think the series is two to one. But you gotta love the Hurricanes, um, the the vibe around that team. Uh, Rod Brindamore as a coach, he's like a play. You can tell that he's just a real players coach. Um, he fires up the boys. There was that cool clip uh, the other night there where they uh, called Rod Brindamore's dad on speakerphone and they sang happy birthday to him. Just seems like a really good vibe. Like it seems like they're a really tight team. You know, for the most part, they're all fairly young. I think Jordan Stahl was probably one of the oldest guys on the team, but he was the guy who got the OT winner, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. I didn't really, uh, I just kind of looked at the score. I didn't watch the highlights or anything, but Morgan geeky from Strathclair, Manitoba. He, uh, like I said, he's been featured before. And uh, his uh, his brother, Connor, actually plays for the Winnipeg Ice of the WHL. Right. Uh, and I but, think he was, <clears throat> was he not on one of the Team Canada, like either U18 or pretty sure he was Junior U18. or something? Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, Morgan, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to be a regular now. He only played eight minutes yesterday. Um, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, he's he's gone through the ranks. He played Nipah Natives in the MGHL, uh, played Tri City Americans. Uh, you know, I bet you our friend Russ Rankin, friend of the show, uh, might be f- fairly uh, familiar with Morgan because uh, that's his franchise. There, played a couple seasons with the Charlotte Checkers in the AHL, and and uh, basically since 2019, Morgan's been up with the big club. So good to see a, a local Manitoba boy. Uh, up with the big club pl- playing some important minutes in the playoffs. There's obviously a few other Manitobans around. Um, you know, you got a few guys there on, on Vegas for, for sure. Um, you got Ryan Pollock over there for New York Islanders, but uh, 
no, like I said, good good to see Morgan is in the lineup, and uh, hopefully he he tucks one here soon for the Carolina Hurricanes. That'd be kind of the um, the ideal. Like, has he had any NHL goals yet? I haven't. I don't have his stats up here, but like he does. That, uh, I'm not sure about playoff goals. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, he's That'd got one. Nice... Po- he's got one playoff point, I think, so far total. Right on. Um, but yeah, it's that's an assist. But uh, no, like I said, uh, and also Strathclair, like it's good to, you know, you, you, it's you know your typical Prairie Boys. That's that's the scene over there. You got your you know your farm boys and and uh, strong hockey players that you know rise up uh, through the WHL and end up being successful hockey players. And uh, yeah, like your like you your your guys like uh, Josh Morrissey too, who who went through the WHL. You can just kind of see, you can kind of tell. Uh, the players that are from the dub. Are you now, are you a Carolina? Like, are you into Carolina? Like you, you know, you like their vibe and everything, but like, are you pulling for them to, to win or what's uh, like, are they your dark horse team? Uh, I don't know. Maybe people are going to hate me for saying this, but I wouldn't mind seeing Tampa Bay winning the cup again. I love, I love watching Tampa Bay. Braden point and Kucherov are just so good. I love watching their games. Like Braden Point, it's it's so crazy how good he is, and He's uh, ridiculous. Like, and the, their their whole team, like the way that they're built with Sergachev and Hedman on the point, the Vasilevsky and Net. You got Stamkos, you got Kalorn, you got Sorelli. Like they're just such a good team um, that I love watching their games. I've been watching their games all season, um, and you know the way that they dealt with Florida Panthers. You thought Florida was going to make a run, but one of those teams had to go. Um, you know, if if Carolina did beat um, Tampa, you know, I wouldn't be choked because they play exciting hockey too. Um, I'm not really, you know, aside from maybe Colorado, I'm not really rooting for um, other teams in those in those other divisions. Yeah. Like when it comes to Boston and New York Islanders, I don't really care who wins there. Um, Barry Trotz might be. It'd be nice to see him get another cup, but um, I yeah, just like, like watching good hockey. Yeah. Well, and yeah, you get around to this time of year, second round of playoffs, it's all pretty good hockey from here on out. And I think that like for myself, if, if, uh, you know, unless Winnipeg has something to say about it, um, I'd like to see a Colorado Tampa final. I don't know. That'd for sure be best on best. I think that would be exactly right. Like, I think that's, that's the big ticket and, I'm down to watch that. Why not? So I don't know, but uh, right on Morgan geeky local legend. I like it. Um, Randy, we've got, we've got a vintage hockey hair player of the week. Uh, An old segment we'll bring out of the depths and, and, and our vintage hockey hair player of the week is going to be none other than number 11, the mustache himself world's fastest man trademark that. Uh, Mike Gartner, he um, was mentioned on last week's show with John Glant, uh, bass player for Billy Talent, who got an invite from, I think he said it was Chris King that invited him to a skate. That's right. And it yeah. was like Gary Lehman, Mike Gartner, and like, uh, I don't know, a bunch of other old ex-pros, uh, awesome like legends of the 80s and 90s. and. And uh, yeah, he said 
it was pretty crazy skating with Mike Gartner. I can't, you know, imagine. the old man still got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Gartner, he, he, he played for essentially 20 years. I think 19 were in the NHL and he played one year in the WHA for the Cincinnati stingers. Nice. Um, you know, I've thought about this before. This is an aside. And, uh, but like, why don't Cincinnati or Cleveland have NHL teams? What up with that? Well, I think that the Barons, the Cleveland Barons were back in the seventies, right? That was where the golden seals moved from there to Cleveland and then Cleveland to New Jersey. Or I don't know where like that something, yeah. or, or Kansas city ended up being New Jersey. I'm not sure, but yeah. um, Cleveland, uh, I'm not sure where they're situated but the lake erie monsters yeah um, that's somewhere in that neighborhood yeah, cleveland's right on lake erie there so yeah, columbus also isn't too far away so maybe ohio only only has room for one nhl team maybe yeah. they got uh, several like some there's some big cities in ohio you got columbus cleveland cincinnati akron I don't know. Anyway, that's just an aside. Me thinking out loud here. <laughs> Let's get a team in Cincinnati. Uh, anyway, but Mike Gartner drafted by the Washington Capitals fourth overall in 1979. Let me tell you, he did not disappoint. He was not what you would call a draft bust. This guy went on to score 708 goals in the NHL, another 27 in the WHA. Um, so he played yeah, like 1,400 games and ended up with 1,335 points. But, like, m m my favorite Mike Gartner fact would be um, that he holds the NHL record for the most, se most seasons with 30 goals, and that is 17 seasons. And he shares the NHL record uh, – for most consecutive seasons with at least 30 goals. And that was 15 seasons. He got 30, uh, 15 seasons in a row. He got 30 or more. He, hold, he shares that record with Yager. That's a crazy record. But the 17 seasons, he played 19 seasons in the NHL. 17 of those seasons, he scored 30 or more goals. The only two he didn't were his, like, fourth last season. He played, he only played 38 games and he scored 12. And then in his very last season, he played 60 games and scored 12. Other than that, 30 more, 30 or more every year. And like, that is just like consistent. Like that is consistency, you know, to a, to a T like he was pretty ridiculous. Um, I don't know where the standings are at now. Cause Ovechkin is moving up that goal list, but at one point, it, when this book I'm looking at was published, Gartner ranked seventh in NHL career regular season goals set with 708. And I think OV just passed him, something like that. Yeah. I, I well, also didn't. When did he pass Esposito? That seems like that was the most recent one, wasn't it? Right. Um, not that I, it matters, but um, yeah. With, with Gartner, though, and also with, with Yager, uh, you got to think like with Gardner, like to have that many seasons in a row and not get injured too. Like, um, 
yeah he, he played full seasons or probably almost full seasons all like you know for most of his career yeah so, like he had a few seasons where he missed 10 games or something like that but like you know generally around that 70 or full season mark for sure and but then yeah. the, the whole yager factor too like if yager didn't like how many seasons away from the NHL did you? Yeah, he went to the KHL for uh, five or five years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so imagine if Yager would have had those five years in the NHL, like yeah. where, he'd, where he'd be at goal wise and stuff. Um, yeah, it'd be wild. Yeah. And Yager's still playing, and he's I think fifty something, two fifty two. I don't know, but I mean he owns the team he plays for, so no one's gonna tell him not to, I guess. And uh, <laughs> they'll be like, Yermer, you think you really want to play? He'd be like, yeah, hey, do you really want a yeah. paycheck? Yeah. <laughs> but, well, and uh, I, I bet you he's still like in way better shape uh, oh. than a lot of those guys. Also, they, they've mentioned that actually Rod Brindamore could still play because of yeah. how good a shape he's still in. Yeah. Um, uh, I have one last little fact about Mike Gartner here, and that is, I like this fact. He's the guy who scored the final goal in the Chicago Stadium history in 1994 so the old stadium the new chicago rink i forget what it's called now you know united United center united center or something like that right it's across the street from where the old chicago stadium was on madison avenue in chicago and uh yeah that that old rink i you've heard a lot i've heard a lot of stories about that old rink like what a crazy burn that was right and they had um like stairs that came up and they were like very narrow. Like you've played at the, you know, the Riverview four on four classic and you know, like how you have to walk down that yeah. short, tiny, weird hallway and go up the stairs. <laughs> like it was, you know, probably like that, except you got 20,000 people or whatever it is like in the stands, like banging right on top of you. Like it'd be pretty wild and I heard it was pretty intimidating place to to go into as a visiting team, but and yeah, probably, he played for Toronto when he scored that goal. You're probably and, uh, walking those stairs with a few beers in your hands too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Mike Gartner, we're calling him the vintage hockey hair player of the week. And you might say to yourself, well, he didn't really have crazy hair or anything. No, but he had a legendary mustache for a good duration of his career. You know, part of his... I'd say the latter half of his career was no mustache, but when you're a kid in the eighties collecting hockey cards and you get a Mike Gartner and that filthy, you know, dusters just staring back at you. It's a good feeling. You're looking at that. Like one of the fastest skaters back then. Like, yeah. Yeah. Big time, big time. I don't know if they had that event in the all-star competition, but they didn't have it until like the nineties. And I think he's probably yeah. won a few, but, um, but yeah, you could like, he just, he had wheels. He, you know, that's why yeah. I bet you like most of those goals were streaking down the wing and, you know, sniping far side or something. Yeah. Yeah. Heck of a player. I gotta love going back and thinking about those guys from the eighties and nineties. That's the golden era of hockey for myself, but um, time. yeah. So Anyway, but Randy, we got a we got another Saturday night song to get to here on our Saturday 50-50 edition of Talking Hockey. Um, we're gonna come back after this song with a segment that we're calling Last Call. And it's gonna be recorded several hours from now after 
game two of Winnipeg and Montreal. And uh, we're either going to be pretty happy or we're going to be pretty sad. I don't know that we'll be anywhere in between. <laughs> like, uh, there's, there's no ties in hockey. That's for sure. <laughs> not since the nineties. Anyway, when they got rid of the, the tie game, that's for sure. So, but let's, um, let's throw to another Saturday night song. This one is by monster truck. Uh, might have a little monster truck on the show in the future. Uh, stay tuned to find out for that for sure. But yeah, this is a song that you've probably heard on like an opening montage of Hockey Night in Canada. This is Monster Truck with Saturday Night. That was Monster Truck with their song Saturday Night. 
This is, of course, a Saturday night special. It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. This is the back half of the show. Last call, buddy. I got one last uh, pill. Champagne of the Prairies, Pilsner, old style, if you will. Um, what do you got there, Andy? Actually, if you think back to season two of Talking Hockey, when HR was just breathing down my neck for um, thinking Lake of the Woods was a local yeah, beer. Yeah, I recall that. On a technicality, because sure, they're in Kenora, but also <laughs> they, they have representation here in downtown Winnipeg. So today, actually, I have a uh, a crowler, a couple crowlers, but I only dug into one. A crowler, which is like a giant can, like think of a king can. growler. Think of a can, a king can times two. Um of their beer, I think only available in Crowlers or Howlers. Um, yeah, brewed downtown Winnipeg, Hargrave uh, on yeah, Hargrave, in the Hargrave Mar- Market. There, um, it's called Flip Flop, and it's a dry hopped sour. And if I had to compare it to a local, a truly local beer, it would be Cosmos from ah, yes. from a Sips. popular sour indeed. Well, so we haven't had beers on the show in quite a while, to be honest, but. Um, we are doing it today because it's the Saturday night special, the 50-50. We're on last call right now. This is the post game. So we just watched the Jets lose game two, one to nothing to the Montreal Canadiens. The Montreal Canadiens played a perfect trap game and it, uh, it confounded the Winnipeg Jets. It flummoxed them, Randy. They had no answer to the trap. Late in the game, they had some chances. Couldn't finish. Carey Price, cool as a cucumber, made the saves he had to. It was a bit of a physical game, uh, but not nothing crazy. No shenanigans, if you will. Couple missed calls, maybe. Didn't matter. Jets power play looked terrible. Uh, maybe, maybe Montreal's penalty kill is really good. Um, but it was a shorthanded goal that was the difference in the game. Tyler Toffoli scored it for Montreal. And I looked it up, and as best as I could tell, the Jets allowed four shorties this year, or four, whatever you call it, you know what I mean? Um, which, where does that rank in the league? Couldn't tell you. I didn't get that far on the stats <laughs> page. <laughs> but, Randy, I don't know. What do you? What was your overall thoughts and feelings and uh, everything from that game, too, which that was as tight as – Tight as the hockey game can really be. Yeah, in in hindsight, if you think about it, like coming from game one and like the the uh, the spectacle, the the excitement, the overflowing emotions. Um, I think you know for the most part, both teams tried to keep it in check. They weren't, you know, like something pretty early in the game could have thrown it like off off the rails, kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, both it was, you know, it's like it was like a poker game where both teams are keeping their cards close to their chest. Uh, you know, even though Carey Price got a shutout, I wouldn't say like he was he was so much better than than Connor Hellebuck. Like, totally. you know, it was it was it was pretty even Steven. It was like a Seinfeld episode pretty much where it's like, <laughs> you know, like it like one one chance one way, one chance the other. Like it was it's fairly even. And then like, you know, in in from my perspective, watching the game, 
for for the you know if you could like the depleted lineup that the Jets have right now, no Shifley, no Stasny, no Demello. Um, you know, I thought the first in, the first two periods, even though they gave up that shorthanded goal, I thought the first two periods, um, like it, you almost didn't even notice that the Jets were 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 down a few a few players. Like they were competing. Yeah. It it wasn't like the the Canadians were taking it to the Jets. Um. I think my overview for the series is, you know, sure Montreal came in and won two in Winnipeg. Uh, doesn't mean the Jets can't go to Montreal and win two straight. Um, yeah. They uh, might get jacked playing in front of 2,500 yeah. fans or whatever it is. It, it could easily go the other way. And like what I would, and it's like the same way what they do during the regular season. And most teams do this is you, you treat say your season, even though it's 82 games or, or however many 56, 56 this year. Yeah. But you treat it in seven game blocks. Right. But um, so for the rest of the series, it's not like the, the jets aren't thinking about trying to win the series in game three. Oh, yeah, just, they could easily win two games of this series yeah, before you know it. It's they're a, just trying to like win the next game. So what I would be doing, and it's like you know, it's not like it like it's not like Shifley is the be all end all. And to me, it seems like Stasny's been out before, and it, like it's it seems like Stasny is likely close. And it's a long series, right? So yep. same thing with Montreal's last series. They were down 3-1. They came back and won 4-3. There's no reason why the Jets can't do that. Just play play the long game. Let Stasny come back when he's full, like when he's close to 100%. Like it's not a big deal if you go down two because you could easily win two, two right back. So, you know, it's like, uh, and I, yeah, just to finish my other thought, it's not like Shifley's the be-all, end-all. But all you got to do is get to game six and then Shifley's back for game six mm-hmm. and seven, you know, and, and he then, can score an OT winner and, and that's uh, a boost for you. Right. You know, so it's, everybody just, loves him again. It, it's, it's like, uh, it's like treating, treating like in, in like little, little kind of signposts that you have to reach. And if yeah. you win one game, that means you're going to get to game five. If you win two games, that means you're going to get to game six and Shifley's going to be back. And it's like, you know, it's, not only will him being back, will he be energized, but the whole team will be like, okay, he's back. Let's do this. We're all back together. Let's go for it. You know? So like, you know, it's a, it's an even C, C series. Um, you know, I, like I wouldn't be, I'm not in no full on panic mode. I know. I bet you like a lot of, a lot of uh, Montreal Canadians fans are probably all they're over, already bringing out the brooms. They're all uh, over. They're singing. Ole, 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 ole. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure like they've already, uh, harassed uh, a whole bunch of unnecessary uh, I, you know, people. I would love to walk down Boulevard Saint Catherine or uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Boulevard Saint Laurent. I'd love to walk down one of those two streets with this jersey on right now. Uh, for the listeners at home, I'm and wearing put a, my put Winni- a fifty-five on the back or what? Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm wearing my Winnipeg Jets blue jersey. I don't have a white one, so you know. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I hear all those points you make are, and those are good points. I will say the offense struggled to create any meaningful chances or shots until, I mean, they had a couple here and there, but until late in the game when they sort of tried to pour it on a little bit, but like they, they just couldn't get, um, consistently good pucks through or good shots. They would have like, you know, floaters in from the point that they're looking 
to get through traffic or deflect. And that's like the majority of the shots they're getting. Um, so the offense, I don't know, man, they got to figure out the Montreal trap and get their speed going and be able to dictate that and make Montreal sort of break their trap. And that's the, that's how the jets are going to beat them right now because they Montreal's done it the last, you know, two games. Well, they, that was Montreal's fifth win in a row, right? In the playoffs here. So they've been, they've been hot. They've been good. Uh, can't go on forever though. Right. So, <laughs> and totally like, and I think, you know, it's like you, you sit back, you see like, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, there's always a, uh, like a weakness in things. And I think, I think the jets will find it like, you, you know, they, they found what, what, uh, what it needed to, what they found how it, like they needed to beat the Oilers and they did it and they stuck to that game plan and they did it. Um, I think I think they're gonna they're gonna figure this out. Maybe maybe the pre-planning was more focused on on the Leafs, and maybe they weren't expecting to mo- face Montreal. Maybe this is a, like a little bit of a wild card. Also, Montreal is really good at, at rolling the four lines. Um, they don't really have the superstars. Yeah, um, exactly. It's been like but, that all season, and Montreal's fourth line's been maybe their best line. And, and Armia also, Perry. And, and the other uh, dude. Stall. Stall. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, you know, it all all it would have taken was two goals today, you know. Um mm-hmm. and it, it like it's not like it's not like the Jets lost three nothing. So yeah, it's it's all Ky- within it's all within reach, I think. Kyle Connor had a wonderful chance on a two on one with Wheeler, I think it was, or I don't know who was coming uh, in. Dubois with him. when he did toe dragged it there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just tried, you know what, man, shoot that puck. <laughs> Kyle Connor's gotta let it rip a little more. He didn't get a shot until like halfway through the third period in the whole game. He didn't have a shot. So, excuse me. Uh the uh champagne of the prairies I get you know, gets me a little gas. <laughs> yeah, overall <laughs> though, like I, I like it's not panic mode. Um, and I, I, you know, and I think, I think that's definitely the mood. Um, and I, I bet you there's a bunch of stuff like within the room where they know Stasny's going to be back for next game, you know, like, and that's going to be a boost. Um, it's just like, it's a, it's those little, little momentum, you know, little kind of momentum, uh, pieces that tend to happen that can quickly turn a series. Um, and uh, and it's just like just playing for that next game. So, like I said, yeah. Rant, did you yeah. like? Sorry, did you like Dubois' game tonight? What did you think of Dubois tonight? Well, overall, um, like honestly, I think Bieksa is terrible. Right, because um, I was gonna say, did you see the intermission yeah. when they're so, like, I, and like oh hockey, man, that's, hockey that kind of the worst. It's garbage. It's garbage. It's honestly, it's garbage. Kind of the fucking yeah. worst. We they should just put on like '90s music videos for the intermission, yeah. and we oh. just, like just like listen to everybody two. listens to fucking uh, Offspring Smash or whatever, yeah, and, then... and Treble Charger and you know, yeah something else. But honestly, like. And, and the worst part is, and it's probably not just BXA. It, like it's, it's you know, if from my knowledge of TV, there's you know the the producers behind the scenes, and mm-hmm. there's the people that are calling the shots. Absolutely, and they, they need to, you know, say the things to you know create, uh, you know, uh, attention and 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 people tweeting and you know all this stuff. And so his take, like. So they're quickly trying to turn storylines into something where like, yeah, like 
for sure, Pierre, Pierre, Pierre-Luc Dubois is a centerman who's now um, forced into the spotlight because Shifley is gone and Stasny's still injured. The kid's 22. Um, he plays one game. He plays one period where it like it was fine. Like he's not gonna freaking be like Eric Lindros, Patrick Lining. You know, like <laughs> you know, like yeah. come on, like it's like it's playoffs. Like let the guy ease in, and it's like it was not like he was a minus three after the first period either. Like no. it just it's garbage. It, it's all garbage takes. And um, honestly, I thought PLD. Played played a pretty good game, um, you know. It it it's it's tough to to maybe live up to your past accomplishments, especially like in the playoffs with with Columbus beating Toronto there, and like the like the role that he had, and everyone's expecting to see that again. Right. Um. So it, it's for sure it's it's stuff it's tough stuff to kind of um you know live up to and 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 kind of rise to that same level. But he also was not terrible, and like you know, like I said, it's like he wasn't minus three after the first period. He, they didn't put him like down to the fourth line. He played a good game. They made chances. He had a good good chance <laughs> in the third there. Like yeah, their line was pretty good overall. I thought that was and for when was the last Connor, time they ever Dubois, played together? Wheeler. Sorry, yeah. say it. When was the last time they played together too? Exactly right. Yeah. But I thought yeah. overall that line. Of Connor Wheeler and uh, Dubois was pretty good, and um, even though going into the third period, neither Dubois nor Connor had a shot. Wheeler had had two. Then right away in the third, Dubois had a real nice chance off that the was rush. A good chance, yeah. Good save by Carey Price, um, and then and then Connor ended up getting some shots. Dubois had a couple more chances and. The, well, the that, line played okay. That late one, the late chance off of Carey Ma- uh, Price's mask too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And to me, it's like they just—I uh, don't know—like they didn't, they weren't. Aside from that line, you know, like they weren't getting quality chances or shots. I thought I thought Veselainen was actually really good. I thought Cop was played a good game. Ehlers yeah. is always Ehlers. Um, I thought Veselainen had some hesitancy in his game and didn't look totally comfortable. Well, he, he also he, hasn't played a game in a while. Well, exactly. This but like, is I his... thought the first period, like I, like he put a big hit on Josh Anderson there. That's the easy, that's a very easy way to get yourself into the game and feel yeah. like kind of involved. Um, and even with, with Jansen Harkins too, like if I, if I think back to, you know, last year when we were watching the Jets in the bubble against Calgary and the Jets, the Jets Perkins lost, was like one of their best. Yeah. The Jets lost Shifley. They lost line a, and they ended up losing Appleton and the, the remaining Jets just were all lost. And today I thought that all the Jets, they, they were still playing as a group. Like it was still a good mm-hmm. game. It's like, you could take one guy out and put a new guy in and he can still play that same role. Obviously yeah. you're missing the offensive, like, um, the, the Dying chemistry Dying. wasn't there, right? Yeah. I don't think. But but you I know? think the overall team game was there. Like, and that's something yeah. like like sure. But knowing like, that the structure was there, but then knowing like the tendencies of your line mate, where you're like, I've played with this guy like 50 games. I know if I like do a little dipsy do, bank it off the board behind me, he's gonna be right there, kind yeah. of thing. Like that that was a missing a little bit, you know. But uh, overall though, too, I would say I thought the defense played really good. Um, Pullman had a strong game. Like Forbert is just so steady. 
yeah. it, it seemed like Sta- um, Stanley maybe had a little less ice time in the third, maybe because he was playing with He Bang. had a little bit of a rough game, although he's, you know, he played, I thought, decently overall, but there was a moment or like a period, maybe it was the second period, I don't know, and that was a bit of a rough period for him. But, but I'm not like I'm not like watching and thinking like the Montreal defensemen are like just blowing away the Jets deep. No, no, it's just it's, that they're playing the trap and, Mon- and Winnipeg even. can't yeah. get through the neutral zone or get the zone, so they're chipping and chasing. And when they come up with the puck, they're able to move it around. But then they end up just the best thing that they can do is float a shot in from the point to try for a tip or a screen, and it's just kind of not working right now. Yeah, and then I don't know like. It's a, it's a work in progress. I think they're looking not terrible. They're not, you know, but they're not looking like they're like rolling, you know what I mean? In a way, like, it's like they need, they're almost, I wouldn't say they're beating themselves, but like, they're not letting Montreal's not winning because Montreal's playing spectacular hockey. It's Winnipeg's just not playing, I think to their full potential here. Like, yeah. And I also, I think maybe the layoff between the Oilers series to this series was probably like a little bit of a hindrance to the jets. Whereas mm-hmm. like, it's probably tough to keep that momentum going. I hear um, that. Yeah. But I, I like, I, 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 feel, I sense it. Like, I, I think it's coming, you know, it's, 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 you know, like as, as uh, obvious as this is, is all, all the jets need to do is win one in Montreal and this series, yeah. the series keeps, keeps going and, and it comes back home. And then, even if they win, if they win one in Montreal, lose one, come home, win one, and then Shifley's back. So um, I think you know that's what you gotta kind of play. You, you, you know, you you play with play the play the long game, like, and that's kind of what what I would do. You know. Okay. Um, Randy, uh, we're gonna take a quick break here, and we're gonna come back with a pants question. We haven't you haven't done wearing the pants in a while. We'll be right back with one of those. When I wake up in the morning light, I pull on my jeans and I feel alright. I pull my blue jeans on. I pull my old blue jeans on. I pull my blue jeans on. I pull my old blue jeans on. All right, that was the pants song, and of course, everybody, uh, longtime listeners of the show, will remember that segment. We haven't done it in a while. It's called "Wearing the Pants," inspired by the motto of "like walk a mile in a man's pants and see where he's been." I think that's the saying. Am I am I wrong, Randy, or is that the saying? Yeah, it's like put a guy's skates on and try and get pucks deep and see if you can do I- it better. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's the perfect translation. So, uh, this is, yeah, this is the segment where you kind of take the 16 bus down to the bay at St. Vital mall and you, um, you know, you, you, you go to the menswear department and you find a nice pair of windbreakers cause, um, you're going to be Paul Maurice. I'm going to ask you a question. And the reason you want windbreakers is you're probably going to be in practice when you're figuring this out, but game three in Montreal, Paul Stasny on the shelf for one and two. Let's uh, two scenarios here. One scenario one, 
He's back in the lineup. Who comes out? Scenario two, he is still out for game three. Do you keep the lines the same? I'll start scenario two, and you just keep the lines the same. Um, you hopefully, maybe you can create some momentum um, with just getting guys, you know, in repetition with each other. You've got a day. I'm sure the Jets are probably heading to Montreal tonight, so they, they're going to have a practice tomorrow, go through the paces, um, and I would keep the lines the same. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, it's it, it, like a, the Jets didn't play a terrible game. They just need to maybe find ways to to generate more chances. So I wouldn't make any changes with what the lineup was. Another 48 hours together to get that chemistry we yeah. were talking about. Yeah. And like maybe a new game plan, like look at some video and, and see what could work. Uh, if I, I would say though, if, if Stasny is back, I'm going to keep that first line together. It's going to be Dubois, Connor Wheeler. I'm going to put Staz with cop and Ehlers because they've had a lot of success before uh, earlier in the season. I'm going to, um, take out Veselainen. I'm going to keep Harkins in and I'm going to put him with Appleton and Lowry uh, just to create a line that can really cause some damage. And not that Veselainen can't, but I think Harkins just has, he would have the edge if if I was the coach. And then I would put, uh, you know, go back to your fourth line, your fourth dependable line of uh, Thompson, Lewis and Perot. And uh, those guys just work work well together. And then let's say halfway through the game, you're, you know, you've got Stasny back and, and uh, things aren't happening. It's another like stalemate, you know, the Montreal trap is still there. Then what do you do? Like, how do you adjust to that? Do you flip maybe stats and um, PLD or do you like, you know, put Ehlers with Connor and who cares who's at center or how's that? How's well, yeah, work? I guess you do have a bunch of options. You could put Connor with Cop and Ehlers uh, and put Cop at center and put Staz with PLD and, and Wheeler. But I think just my first move is if things are kind of stale, I would just flip Stasny and PLD and put put Staz with Connor and Wheeler and put PLD with Cop and Ehlers. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel I feel like uh, the Jets are, are going to ease not ease back into it, but they're going to kind of figure things out and we're going to see a different. Something's got to go in game eventually. Three, yeah. Yeah. You know, like Montreal's now one five in a row, uh, which is, I'm going to go out on a limb and say their longest winning streak of the season. Actually, they started the season, what nine, one and two or something like that. But then other than that, they were like kind of a, not you know, they were a 500 team the rest of the year. Um, anyway, like a five game win streak, great job, Montreal, but like, it's got to end sooner than later. And, you know, maybe the old stick with it. Uh, Cause it's not like the jets are getting blown out of the water here. And like we had kind of mentioned before, it's almost as if the, you know, Montreal isn't beating the jets so much as the jets are beating themselves credit to Montreal though. They're playing a great trap. And they capitalized on a chance, which Winnipeg couldn't do, right? So, and man. It's a a tough call overall. Like, are the Jets just not playing well? Like, or not? Or or is it Montreal that's forcing them to play that way? Whereas, like, Mm. for for pretty much all of the Edmonton series, the Jets 
kind of dictated the play and now they're right. up against a team that maybe can help you know that can control the play as well so i don't yeah, know I, they're getting like, dictated upon for sure man for sure I, I, like it's not like they're getting dominated no and that's why i wouldn't be worried after just being down to nothing you can easily yeah. go into their building and win two and then this is a best of three so it's not a big deal yeah. Well, fingers crossed then, I guess, if you're a Jets fan, that uh, Stasny is coming back into the lineup and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, they got to win one in Montreal, that's for sure. Um, if they don't, it's off to the links. Yeah. So uh, that's that's the harsh reality of playoff hockey, I suppose. But um, you know what, Randy? It's about that time we kick off. Another segment of our Super Saturday Night 50-50 episode. We're going to go out on another tune and keeping it easy for you, uh, producer Randy over there, typing things. We're just going to copy and paste this one Saturday night. This uh, this is the Sheepdogs. uh, Hoping to have maybe a little conversation with... uh, a sheepdog or two in the future and uh, just, you know, aligning some things right now, but I guess thanks for tuning into our Saturday night spectacular. Hey, uh, I feel like this was a fun episode. We haven't done a guestless episode in a while where we just got to really lean into some hockey talk, I guess. We basically, it was like, we had about 50 pucks all lined up at the blue line and we just <laughs> teed them all off. <laughs> Whereas like when we have a guest, we maybe have five each, you know? Right. Right. We had a whole bucket of pucks tonight, but, but the guest has like 35 and that's great too. We love guests, yeah, but it's, it's absolutely. also good. It's also good to just uh, go off and, and talk hockey. Cause that was the whole reason why we started the show. Yeah. Well, we were pretty jets heavy tonight. So, uh, you know what? speak about write about what you know talk about what you know that kind of thing so uh we definitely like our winnipeg jets around these parts but i hope that you enjoyed listening to the show regardless and uh yeah we're gonna go out on the sheepdogs i don't know i'm gonna go ahead and say canada's premier rock and roll band that's that's my take on it uh <laughs> Write in if you've got a different opinion. Let us know. Uh, check us out on all the social medias and whatever. Yeah, so Who let cares? us know. Let us know if you ever want to hear a talking hockey live episode, and we could oh, like, yeah. we could take your questions like off of chat, or we could have have people live on the show. We'll need an intern for that for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll find somebody. Uh, but <laughs> you know, it'd be kind of cool to maybe attempt. So let mm-hmm. us know. Should we should we go through the hubaloo? Hubabaloo? Hubabaloo? <laughs> <laughs> well, at that, we'll just sign off. So enjoy uh, your week, I guess. And thanks for listening. See you next time on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Here's the Sheepdogs with Saturday Night.